I don't really care. I'm only going to say this once. We're here to depart. We're here to take over. This is going to be fun. You're killing your father, Larry. The people know it. I see what all the excitement is about. Yeah, my man, I made it happen. Hi, I'm Paul. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Paul Show. My name is P-A-U-L Paul, and it is getting pretty crazy out there. Um, it's, it's tough, man. It's tough out there. Um you know, we are, as I sit here recording this, two weeks into this kind of quarantine stage that we're in right now. And, um, you know, just if you watch the news, if you watch any kind of TV or, or consume anything that's that's current right now, like it's, man, it is tough. Like people are scared. But um, what I try to find some sort of relief or some sort of satisfaction in is that like anecdotally just from my experiences over the last couple of weeks is people are, are um, the, the people that I've interacted with people have never been nicer because um, like like you know I, I take my dog for a walk my neighbors wave all that kind of stuff and it and it's just like um, I think there really is a sense that we're all in this together and that we're all I mean, and we are, we're all kind of hunkered down trying to just wait this thing out and, and stay home and stay inside when we can and, and distance ourselves physically from people when we can. And, and, you know, it just is, um, it can be tough, but, but like I get, I get some satisfaction in the fact that like, you know, people are nice and people are willing to engage with you as long as you're not putting them at risk, like, like people are willing to just smile and say hi and how are you doing? And you know, all that kind of stuff. So, um, that's a really cool part of this time is just that there is this feeling that we're all in this together and we all want this to be over as quick as we can. And so if everybody's doing their part, you know, hopefully we can kind of, um, get there and, and get there somewhat quickly. But, you know, Part of what I wanted to talk about today was I'm just kind of doing a little check-in on uh, week, this is week two of quarantine, so I'm just doing a little check-in here. Um, I wanted to talk about some of the things that I've been kind of thinking about over the last couple of weeks, and um, and yeah, but like first I just kind of want to start with, you know, some of the, some of the things that I'm, that I've kind of learned through this, and, and the first one is like, if you have power and you have a connection to the internet, there is honestly no reason to see anyone ever again. <laughs> like you can, you can pretty much live your entire life virtually at this point. Like we have the technology to do it. We have the, the capabilities to, um, to really make that a reality and really make it so that there doesn't need to be as much, like I'm, I'm working from home right now, uh, for my, for my day job. And so like, you know, there's not much that I, that I can't do doing my job that I would do at the office. Like it's pretty seamless. And, and honestly, I'm, I'm getting to know people better because we're having to be intentional about it and we're having to be intentional about setting these meetings and, and, 
you know, setting stuff up so that, you know, we're still in contact. And I think that's a better way to do it than, than, you know, yeah, you go to a place and yeah, you might, you might work with, you know, work with some people here and there or, you know, what have you, but, you know, are you really getting to know them on a daily basis? Not everybody, no. And especially like on, um, in my direct kind of team, but, that that's another story for another time. But like, yeah, if you have power and you have the internet, you know, you can pretty much do anything. Like I've pretty much done this whole podcast launch and everything just at home and, and not had to do a whole lot for it. I've kind of done it online and, and I have power and I have the internet. And if you have those two things, you can pretty much do anything and you really don't have a need to see. I mean, obviously, with with something like this, I, I've said before that this is not how I wanted to start this podcast. I did not want this to be a um, a Paul talking into a mic solo show. That that's just not the vision I have for this, and that's not what it's going to be when this whole thing shakes out. But you know, this is you know I, I have been able to start it, and and if you wanted to do it this way, one hundred percent, you could just sit in front of your computer do it, put it out there and not have to talk to anybody ever if you wanted to do it this way, you know, and it's possible. And like, it just amazes me how, well, I can't help but thinking like if this had happened in the eighties, what would have happened? You know what I mean? Like people just would have not been equipped to deal with this kind of thing. And like, even in the early 1900s, like what happened then? Like I, I haven't done a whole lot of research on the, the nineteen eighteen Spanish flu thing, but I mean it couldn't have been good, and and they didn't have the access to technology that we had. So, you know, I think that we're extremely lucky in this. I think that, not lucky. I mean that's going to sound bad, but you know we're extre- it, It's unfortunate that this is happening, right? On a on a broad scale, it's unfortunate, but. You know, for people who can work from home and do have access to technology and do have access to a lot of these things that make this kind of thing easier, we are very fortunate because like 30 years ago, we didn't have the technology to do this. So, you know, I, I try to think about that, you know, on a regular basis just to keep my mind kind of in a positive space. And then the other thing that I've been that I've been kind of mulling around in my brain the last couple of days is just that, or just, I mean, this is something that I've been thinking about for, for months, but it really, it really is kind of making itself known at this point because, and that's just simplicity kills. Simplicity is a wonderful thing because, you know, with, if you can just make things as simple as possible and make things, you know, like with this, like I, you know, I'm just making, trying to do my best to make everything as simple as possible. And that's with, that's with everything. That's with fitness. That's with business. That's with podcasting. That's with, I mean, anything and everything that's to me, it's like simplicity is the answer. And this is really making that known because like, I mean, when you're quarantined, it is simple. Everything's pretty simple. Do you have food? Do you have water? Do you have a bed? You know, it's like, simple basic stuff then everything else on top of that is is extra right it's just icing on the cake so yeah that's just been something that that I've been thinking about and and 
this is really just making me kind of appreciate the little things because we've never been in a time where, you know, those, the kind of things that we take for granted, like going out with friends and, and that kind of stuff is, is really taken from us. And, and now it is. And so now it's just really making me appreciate the the simple things and, and like appreciate just, we have, we have clean water, we have, we have food, you know, all the stuff that you need just to, all the stuff that you need just to survive, like that stuff is all kind of taken for granted before this. And now it's like, okay, well now there's a, there's a real threat to that kind of stuff. And there's a real threat to the society that we live in. And so just being, I've just been very, very grateful that, that, like I said, the simple things are taken care of. And also kind of building on that, like, adaptation is is key to anything right like being able to adapt to any situation is is very key and this is no different you know we we've all had to adapt a lot of different things around this and we've all had to uh change and and you know some people for the worse some people for the better some not or not for the better i mean some people's lives got simpler some people's lives got infinitely more complicated and but we've all had to adapt to whatever this is and whatever this means for for us right so um i think that just that being able to adapt and like for me that's looking like adapting to working from home adapting to not being able to go to the gym adapting to um not being able to see people as much as i would like to not being able to start this podcast the way I wanted to at the start, just being able to adapt and and kind of form to the circumstances that you're under at the time, that's just been something that is, and and I that nece- that isn't necessarily something that I've been consciously thinking about, uh, but it just kind of dawned on me like, wow, we've all kind of adapted in a very short amount of time to kind of a new set of rules and a new set of standards for how we're living, right? Um, and it's just, it's pretty crazy. And, and like I said, it's just making me very grateful for the little things and grateful for, um, the core group of people that I have around in, in my life. So, um, but the, the cool thing is that there, you know, since, since all sports are canceled right now, they've been playing a lot of, uh, old stuff like, uh, like on ESPN, they had 11 hours of fights one day of old fights. And and then another day on ESPN, they had WrestleManias played back and, you know, all that different kind of stuff. And, you know, I think that going back and, and rewatching a lot of this stuff, there's value in that. And, and I think ESPN is finding that and, and companies everywhere are finding that because production of anything new is pretty much halted at this point. There's no live sports. There's no new movies or TV shows or anything being filmed right now or being produced right now. Everything's on hold. So now it's like we have this vast library of stuff to pull from. So it's like, can does that work? And it's like, yeah, obviously it does. And there's value in that. Now that being said, is it better to have than... Um, would I prefer to, to watch a fight that I've never seen before? versus one that I have seen before? Absolutely. You know, like that, that's always going to be more appealing, but there is value in going back through history and and really looking at stuff 
with that 2020 hindsight and 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 that's maybe something that we don't get to do enough right so groups like espn when they put on these fights and and you get to sit there and watch them and and go back in time and kind of relive these these really iconic fights you know that is there's there's a lot of value in that and and you really get a a deeper appreciation for what you're looking at, right? Like um, ESPN, I, I watched a little bit of WrestleMania 30. They had it playing, and um, I watched it, and that was from live in New Orleans. And in the Superdome, there was a ton of people there, and and it was just a crazy night, and that was the kind of the Dan- Daniel Bryan show when he was really popping off. And so I went back and I watched that, and it was like... That was so cool. Like that was a cool moment in pro wrestling history that that you know even just 6 years removed from that we're all looking back on that going like wow that was really really cool. And there's a reason they're playing it, right? Is because it was really cool and there is value there. And there is, you know, something to look back at. And so I I I think that this is a good opportunity for a lot of people to kind of you know learn more about about the past of stuff that they're currently into right and especially if you miss certain things here and there and and you didn't get to see things or or maybe you just want a fresh set of eyes on on things you've seen in the past and like like i I know that when i go back and watch a fight and even if i have a certain thing in my head of like oh it went this way or it went that way or you know this is kind of the general gist of the fight I'll go back and watch and there'll be stuff that I did not pick up on and it was not in my memory. And so like that, those kind of things where you can go, go back and watch these, these things that, um, that aren't necessarily brand new and aren't necessarily live. And, you know, all the stuff that we kind of take for granted, again, take for granted in our daily lives, you know, when that's taken away, then we just have to go back to this library of all this old stuff that we have and turns out there's a lot of value in that. That's why like subscription models are are very very successful. But you know, I'm just trying to. I, I guess the, the main point of all that is is I'm just trying to enjoy right now. I'm trying to make the best of it. Enjoy right now and and enjoy what's on what's being showed and what's what's on TV and and all that stuff. And and. Go, kind of going back for a second to the um, the old stuff that's being played. I'm a geek for that stuff. So I love that stuff anyways. And so them playing it, that's awesome. ESPN goes back and plays like um, 11 hours of old fights, of classic fights. That's awesome because like, you know, there's, I'm a geek for that stuff. So to me, it's like, you know, it's just I I love that type of stuff. So, um, but yeah, I'm just trying to enjoy every day and enjoy kind of what the the present circumstances are and make the best of it. And you know, I think that if we can all do that, this is gonna go. It's not gonna be fun, but it, we'll we'll get through it and and we'll kind of make the best of it. So, um, and and <laughs> you know, it it can feel like the end of the world, and I don't know if it is or not, but it, it can feel like that. Uh, but I, I don't I don't think it is. I think I think it's just it's gonna be a rough time, but it's not gonna be the end of the world. And to quote the great Michael Scott, you know, I think we'll just come out the other side with everybody just understanding with a better understanding of just how small we are. You know what I mean? So, um you know, 
for me, this is basically this whole thing of being quarantined and, and kind of everything you know about real life kind of being, you're losing things one by one, right? Like you're losing the ability to go out. You're losing the ability to hang out with friends. You're losing the ability to um, just do basic stuff. What it's really kind of doing for me is it's, you know, when this whole thing is over, I, what I'm going to focus on when this whole thing is over is I need to make those things that are kind of want to do's in my brain. I need to make a more conscious effort to make those things, things that I do. You know what I mean? I need to make those things like, and actually just do it. And, and, you know, for me, like this podcast is part of that. Like, you know, like doing this podcast is part of that. And, and then other things like jujitsu, yoga, all those things that are, are like on my list of like, yeah, yeah, I'll get, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. I'll get to that. Like those are things that I, you know, once this whole thing is over and we're all kind of going back to, to life as we knew it or, or whatever the new normal is going to be, those are the things that I want to do. And, and making those things that are in my mind now is like want to do's is making those like things that I'm going to do and, and things that when this whole thing is over, things that I do. So, um, and I was seeing the other day, like the whole like social distancing thing and, and all that, like, again, it, that part, the not seeing people or whatever, it, it sucks. Right. But that part doesn't bother me as much. Um, but it's more so just having the option, like having the option to go hang out with people or having the option to, um, like I miss having options, but like now it's like, you feel like you're doing this and you really don't have many options of, of what you're going to do. Um, at least that fall within the, the realm of like public health parameters. But I just miss having those options of like, of like what, what, um, what I can do and, and you know, whatever. But, um, the, the actual being like by myself, that part doesn't, bother me as much it's more just having the option to do that right so I think once this whole thing kind of blows over and and we're we come out the other side in whatever form that looks like I think everybody's going to have a better appreciation for um, having those options and having that having that sense of like of choice right and being able to choose to hang out with people or not or you know just or go to the gym or not, or, you know, there's a lot of things that you can choose not to do. But then when it's, when you can't do that, it's like, man, I miss having the choice to be able to do that. You know what I mean? Even if you don't, like, it's just nice having that choice. You know, so I I think that's going to be something that that I really enjoy once we come through this. But, you know, something I've really been thinking about the last few days is, you know, this is really just solidifying everything that I've kind of thought about self-sustainability and and what my vision is for my life moving forward and, and being more self-sustainable. And like right right now I live in a in a four hundred square foot apartment. So like this is something that is not really practical right now. Um but it's something that I want to get to and something that this is something that I really want to um, make a part of my life and make it a way of life moving forward. And, and like, especially when I get my own house and things of that nature. So, um, like when I do, when it comes time for me to kind of get my own house and get my own place and stuff like that, you know, I really love the idea. And I've always loved the idea 
of having a gym at my place and just like having a personal gym that has the stuff that I want and, and bu- just building out a, a really cool home gym. And that's always been something that I've uh, really wanted to do. And, and, you know, this, this whole coronavirus thing is just solidifying that. And like, for me, that's going to look like, like I, I want a full weight rack and a heavy bag and a treadmill and, you know, a rower, salt bike, all the stuff that I want and l- like to use to work out. Like I want all that stuff at my place so that I don't have to go anywhere and I don't have to rely on these public places to to get a good workout in or to at least get the kind of workouts that I enjoy doing, right? So, um, you know, times like this is where that would really come in handy. But the reality is, is that I would like having that regardless of, of whether we were in a pandemic or not. So, and then another part of that is I want to have a sauna, hot tub, uh, I've seen these things where you can, where you can take a deep freeze and set it just above freezing and make like an ice bath, just a standing ice bath that you have all the time. So like stuff like that, like where I could work out, recover, sit in a sauna, all that stuff all in one spot and not have to go to a public place for that. Because honestly, there's nothing worse than sitting in a sauna with some other sweaty, some sweaty old man next to you and oh, it's, it's terrible. But um, besides that, like, like I, I just have always loved the idea of having a gym like at my house and, and at um, and not having to. And, and again, the whole simplicity thing, it just makes it more simple to get those workouts in. Right. Like you don't have to drive to the gym. You don't have to drive home. You don't have to take a bag. Everything is right there. And obviously there are certain distractions that come with that, but it does make everything a bit simpler. Um, and, and just, and just not having to think about it, not having to think, okay, well, I want to sit in the sauna today. So does this gym have it? Does this gym, you know what I mean? It just takes that kind of guesswork out of it. And, and that's something that's very appealing to me and very, you know, I, I've, I've wanted that for a long time and that's definitely going to be something that happens in, in the future for me. And, and this is really just solidifying that. And then like the other thing is, is I want to have, uh, when I get a place again, like a deep freeze full of, full of meat and full of protein, because that's something that a, it goes bad. So by nature, you're going to have to go to the grocery store more often. And so like, I want to have a freezer full of that stuff so that I don't have to do that. And, and realistically, like when I was growing up, obviously we live in Iowa. So we live kind of in a farm centric community. Right. And so it, it wasn't abnormal to, um, to go to a local butcher and buy an entire cow for the year. And that's steaks, that's ground beef, that's everything you would want, you know, and that's for an entire year supply of, of meat. And you can make that last however you want. You know, that's something that's very appealing to me. Cause I, I love red, like I'm a big red meat guy. I like that stuff. So and, and I don't think it kills the planet, but, you know, I'm sure there's room for debate there to some. But, yeah, no, just having a, a freezer full of protein and, and just having that, you know, all of that food and and not having to go to the grocery store. And, honestly, it's an economic thing too, right? Like, I mean, everybody knows you buy in bulk, you save money. And so, like, going to a local butcher and buying a cow – yeah, it's a big upfront cost, but then you're saving on all of that money throughout the year. And so like that's, 
it's part economical, but also part like just it's more sustainable, right? And it's more like once you got it, then you got it and you don't have to, it's one trip to get all that meat rather than 52 trips throughout the year, right? So that's that's the appealing part to me. And then another thing that that would be, and, and this is like one of those things that I think like would be really cool is a garden with all my own vegetables. Like when I was growing up, our, our grandparents lived right next door to us. And they, like my my grandma and grandpa had a big garden and they had like lettuce and spinach and, and we would routinely like eat food that they had had brought in that day. I was always like, oh, that's really cool because they could control what went on it. They could control if they were using any pesticides, if they were, you know, what went into the growing of that. They could control that and it wasn't dependent on a third party or, or somebody's word or, you, you know, anything like that. So having a, having a garden where I can grow the kind of vegetables and everything that, that I would want, that's something that is also very, very appealing. And, and that's something that honestly I learned from my grandparents. Like they, they had a garden and, and we ate from, from their, like they grew the food that we ate, uh, on a lot of occasions. And so that was, that was always something that I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Because then, again, it's it's an economic thing, but it's also like a, a skill. Like I'm I'm drawn to things that are skills and things that are that take time to kind of master. And so, you know, like, like this, like like podcasting, like uh, like a lot of different things. But you know, fitness is one of those, and and like gardening falls right in that same thing in my mind, at least, um, because it is there is an art to it, and there is strategy and and all that stuff. So, you know, it's a skill. You know, it, plain and simple, it's a skill. And so, just that is another part that I really like, and and it it's economical. It's it's all those different things, um, and, and that's kind of what makes it appealing to me. Is is it it checks a lot of boxes, you know what I mean? So. And then the next kind of part of that self-sustainability vision that I have for myself is that I want to have, like, I want to have chickens and, um, like, I, I don't know how many, but I, I want to have chickens so that I can have eggs. I love eggs. I eat a lot of eggs. And, um, you know, having chickens is something that actually I was watching. I The idea for that was um, was introduced to me by... Uh, Chad Mendes, who's a UFC fighter or was a UFC fighter, he uh, he fought Conor McGregor a few years back, about five years ago, and I remember I was watching the embedded for that for that fight, the UFC embedded, the little documentary thing that they they put out the week leading up to the fight. Um, I was watching that, and you know he had chickens in his backyard, and he was feeding them, and he's like, "Yeah, we get about." four eggs a day or five, eggs, I don't, whatever the number was that he said, but he's like, we get a certain amount of eggs a day and, and they're, they're nutritious, fresh eggs. And I'm like, Oh, that's, that's really cool. And and then I started kind of reading into it and it's like, Oh, like having chickens is like actually pretty manageable. And and as long as you do the right things, it's, it, it can be pretty simple. And so, you know, that's been something ever since I saw that, I was like, I was like, yeah, for like for sure. I definitely want to do that. And, and, you know, that's going to be something that, that is going to be really cool. All this stuff, like to me, when I hear this stuff, I'm going like, that's going to be really cool. Like I'm, I'm pumped. I'm pumped to do all this stuff. And, and like I said, I, I've wanted to do this stuff for a long time and this whole quarantine thing, 
is really just solidifying that in my mind and really just solidifying that, yes, this is something that I want to do and this is something that is a good idea. And I think that anytime you're you're making it a, a goal to be more self-sustainable and more self-sufficient, that can't be a bad thing, right? And and with all the stuff of climate change and, and, and I think everybody needs to do their part and this is part of me doing my part, right? Like if you can become more self-sustainable, then you, you cut down on all the the negative stuff that comes with mass scale production of food. And, and that is, that's something that's very intriguing to me because, because climate change is real. And, uh, you know, we kind of got to, you know, I, I think that a lot of times there's a lot of, you know, big ideas thrown around as to how to fix it. But in reality, I think it comes down to each individual person and like each person needs to do their part to help kind of curb this thing. And if we can do that, that will go a long, long way. And and obviously it won't go the full way. Like there's obviously big steps that do need to be taken. But, you know, I think that there is a lot of steps that people can take on their own. And and for me, like it's just everything I just kind of laid out there, like, you know, garden, chickens, buying, you know, going local for, for meats and, and going to a trusted source and all that. So like, you know, we can all do our part and, and that's kind of my vision of, of what I want self-sustainability to look like for me. And, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's something, like I said, I've wanted to, I've had that in my head for a long time. And, and this whole thing is really just kind of cementing that in my head. So, um, you know, we've, we've gone kind of a half hour at this point and so I'm going to wrap it up here, but you know, like always, follow me on social media um, at Paul underscore Dehart on both Instagram and Twitter. And by the way, Dehart is spelled D-E-H-A-R-T. Obviously, Paul is P-A-U-L. Um, but yeah, uh, that is it for tonight's episode. I will talk to you guys in the next one. Later.